Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. Thank you so much for joining me today. You do not want to miss this interview with Zachary Babcock of Underdog Empowerment. I have been a fan of his for many months and uh, had the privilege of interviewing him. Hey, Zachary, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. What is up, Lisa? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am too. So I've been following you for like seven, eight, nine months. I love your podcast and your messages. They're so inspiring. And I think you are so down to earth and so real. So thank you so much for joining me. Hey, I appreciate that so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so I know you have a little bit of a backstory before um, we get to like where you are now. If you want to kind of take me um, a little bit on your journey and tell me a little bit about your story, like where did you get to, how did you get to be a top podcaster and have this huge following? But I know we have to kind of back up. So kind of tell me where you started from. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Yeah, I grew up without a father figure. This is going to be the really short condensed version. We can unpack more if you like. But um, yeah, I I grew up without a father. Uh, He died when I was seven. And so I always was looking to the wrong uh, male role models for inspiration, how to model myself as a man, trying to figure that out. And, um, you know, I didn't have any chief aim or purpose or driving motivational factor going in my life. And so I I just did a lot of uh, stupid uh, things growing up to try and fit in with that crowd. Uh, things that were outside of my character um, that just isn't, it wasn't me or whatnot. And so I landed myself in a lot of trouble and I went to, ended up doing four years flat in prison. Uh, my first time around, uh, by the time I was 19, I went away uh, for stealing cars, uh, just being really a punk teenager, honestly, uh, and then got heavily involved into drugs. And, um, you know, there's a lot of lessons that I learned in prison uh, that we can unpack as well. Uh, some life changing moments. But uh, I got out after four years flat at 23, um, and I got a job at a bar and grill working 50, 60 hours a week. And then uh, I eventually got hired on at this other job, which was really cool. I was really excited because it was a sales job, and I got promoted my third day in. And I was like, yes, I'm finally putting this behind me. And I was like, cool. I put in my two weeks at the bar and grill where I had some stability. And then two days later, they, uh, they fired me for being a convicted felon. And so you know, instead of keeping my head up, search for other opportunity, I chose to become a raging alcoholic and just started throwing my life away. I got a DWI and then went back to prison uh, just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And uh, Lisa, that was it. That was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And in that very moment, I didn't know how long I was going to go back for. I ended up doing eight months, but I said, I don't care how long I'm going to be locked up for. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to find a way to get back home to be a responsible father and be happy and successful. Didn't know what that looked like at that point in time, but I made that decision. And ever since then, I've been moving in a completely different direction in my life. Wow. I have chills just from you telling me that. So were you married um, before you went to prison the second time? I wasn't married yet. Uh, We're married now, uh, but we, I was with Stephanie though at the time. And so it, it was really hard on her and, you know, I felt bad because, you know, here I am supposed to be the man of the family and now I'm leaving, uh, 
when all I wanted growing up was to be the father that I didn't have, now I'm leaving and missing this important piece. And if I don't get my shit together, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Well, and we always, we only know what we know. And so we repeat those patterns of what we learned growing up and, and what was surrounding us and, and the father figures or lack thereof that we had or didn't have. That's all we know. Exactly. So that's, it kind of sounds like, you know, unfortunately, you repeat those patterns because you don't know any better. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people that it's, uh, it's kind of deep, you know, it's kind of crazy because that's part of my, something that I'm working on right now, like where we hire convicted felons in our agency or whatnot, because I feel like at the end of the day, uh, yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of times, like you mentioned, where we, that's all we know. And, I, and that's what I, let me backtrack here. It's kind of a bit of a rabbit hole. Cause like from my experience of being, you know, seeing like the low of the low and, and being surrounded with that, you know, growing up in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, being in prison for over five plus years of my life, uh, being around those types of people. There's, there's great people in prison. They're good people, good at heart, just make bad decisions, but there's also scum of the earth in prison, people that are just sick, you know? So seeing that, and then with the contrast of where I'm at now, rubbing elbows with multimillionaire entrepreneurs every day, I couldn't agree with you more where the fact of a lot of the times it's not, it's just what you've been exposed to, but I'm still a firm believer at the end of the day uh, that it's, it's what you, it's your decision at the end of the day. And, and yeah, things can be hard. You might, you might have all the odds stacked against you, but it's really, if you want it bad enough, it doesn't matter what kind of ads stacked against you. I actually feel like being underprivileged is the real privilege. Cause like I came out, couldn't get a job, nothing, but that just set me on fire. And I went out like it, you put me up against anybody that doesn't have a convicted re- uh, felony record and we're applying for a job. They get the job for me every time. Matter of fact, anytime I put in a job application uh, online, it immediately gets denied just cause I'm a convicted felon. So that kind of played a part in like the hunger to rise up, you know, but you gotta, you gotta, it starts with how much do you really want it? So I want to go back a little bit because you said when you went to prison the second time for a DWI, you decided right then and there you were going to do something to make a difference. So what was your mindset going into prison and what were you doing for those eight months to prepare to get out? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I woke up in jail, um, I was out the night before heavily induced uh, alcohol blackout <clears throat> and I woke up and I remember I'm, I'm in Ferguson jail. I'm like, Oh man, last night couldn't have been good. And then I found out that, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to miss out on that. And that literally was the most painful experience uh, that I've ever went through in my life, knowing that I wasn't going to be there uh, for my twin son's birth. Um, Cause that's what I wanted more than anything at that point in time in my life. Um, such a, I don't know. It, it, it sucked. I can't really put it in words. It was like I was sitting on a penny trying to, uh, and I could swing my feet from it. <laughs> I felt that, that small. And, uh, I, I, I sat there. I was like, man, either, either I'm going to continue living the life that I'm living and I'll be in and out of prison or die or get a big charge and be in prison for the rest of my life. Or I'm going to have to change everything. I'm going to have to change my people, places and things. And I'm gonna have to do things differently. Um, and I, and I chose, chose the other because it became my desire to change became stronger than my desire to stay the same at that point. So how did you, um, get away from drugs and alcohol and the addiction and, and all that, 
that you were kind of swirling in? You know, and, and this is, and I'm a firm believer in this. And I, and I read this, uh, I got the chance to uh, interview Robert Green recently. Uh, that guy, if I could be personally mentored by anybody in the world, it would literally be that guy without a doubt. Um, he's wrote so many great books. He's got six of them. Five of them are New York Times bestsellers on human psychology. And he just came out with a new one that's guaranteed to hit a New York Times bestseller as well. But he, uh, he talks about in his book, Mastery, where he talks about, uh, and, and this is so true, uh, people that do drugs that are that you know addicted and uh, or play uh, like constantly put themselves in dangerous, risky situations or play dangerous sports. Uh, a lot of times they're doing that because they want to feel alive, like they feel like they're just going through the motions, and th- and that's why they get involved with that. And that was the exact case for me. Like the only reason why I was doing drugs for I started smoking weed when I was nine years old and stopped using drugs completely. Um, by the time I was uh, 26, uh, I mean, I still, I still go out and have drinks uh, here and there when we go out and, uh, traveling and stuff and social gatherings. But like I was, I was so far gone. I was shooting heroin into my, in, into my arms, overdosing on heroin, picking crack crumbs off of motel floors. Like I was off on the deep end and, you know, heavily into my addiction. But as soon as I had that creative uh, outlet that something to live for that chief aim in life. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't even, I don't even, it never even crosses my mind. Like, Oh, I would, it would be nice to go out and get high. Like that's like disgusting to me now. Like I don't have no need for it. Cause I have my creative outlet with my life's work and I have things that I'm living for now. Uh, you found your purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, so tell me a little bit about your life today. You were 23 when you got out of prison, um, went back in, got sober and clean at 26. You have two twin boys. So tell, and you have underdog empowerment. So tell me a little bit about how that got started. And I I know you were saying when you were applying for jobs because you're a convicted felon, it was automatically getting kicked out. So next best thing, start your own business. Right. Well, I don't even think it's like the next best thing. It is the best thing. So tell me a little bit about how you did that. Yeah, no doubt. So I got out, like you mentioned, I couldn't get a job anywhere, was searching high and low uh, for about a month and a half. Things were stressful. Uh, And then I got introduced to network marketing. I did that for about two years. It's funny because at the time I didn't even know what network marketing was. So you couldn't even scare me off the word pyramid scheme. I was, I was all in. And, um, I ended up moving on from that industry uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, which I'll get into in just a moment, but uh, I'm forever grateful for it because uh, I was able to create almost a $2,000 residual, uh, residual monthly income within my first six months. And, um, you know, that's not like, oh my God, you're rich or crazy. Like, but for a guy coming out of prison that didn't have anything, uh, that was a game changer. But more importantly, uh, it, it, it opened, it, it, show me uh, personal development books and, and working on myself, uh, introduced me to personal development. And it showed me that I could create my own life by design, that my past didn't matter no more. Like that's the reason why I started throwing my life away again after I got fired from that job uh, for, after getting promoted and showed me like, hey, none of this matters. I can do it. There's, it don't matter how much of a hole I'm in. I could do whatever I want as long as I want it bad enough and I go out and do the work. Um, but it wasn't my thing because and I'm not knocking on network marketing companies. There's good ones out there and there's bad ones out there, just like in any industry. Uh, but the one I was in, I was taught to just run through a list of people and uh, get them to join the product or company or keep it moving. 
and I was burning too many relationships in the process and that just didn't resonate. So, um, I lost my passion for it. Business crumbled down to like five or $700 a month. Wasn't really making much. And it just, it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't what I really wanted to do anymore. So I moved on from that. But here's the funny thing. I, I, then I got into life coaching. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I didn't make a single penny or help a single person as a life coach. I uh, struggled for like a year and a half, wanting to bash my head into brick walls because uh, I was trying to skip steps. I didn't know anything about marketing. I hadn't developed any skills yet. I was trying to act further along than what I really was. And uh, I was just going through the process. And so I really started getting serious about marketing and, uh, and understanding how to build a real business because I didn't know this at the time. And um, here's, here's how Underdog Empowerment got started. Uh, anytime I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur, nobody took me seriously. They, uh, I was just an ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And uh, Lisa, I was pissed. I'm not going to lie. I was pissed off. Um, and I get it. Uh, we all judge people. I mean, it's literally built in. It's, we're hardwired that way. We have to immediately form an opinion of everything that we come into contact with. It's our survival instinct. So I get it. You know, people are immediately going to judge me for it, but I wasn't going to let that hold me there. And so out of that frustration, uh, for selfish reasons, first and foremost, you got to fill up your cup before you fill up any others. I launched Underdog Empowerment to break through through that mold and also to empower other underdog entrepreneurs in the process. Um, and then we became a top rated podcast the third day. Next week, we were interviewing Billy Gina's marketing. So I literally went from in a week's amount of time, nobody wanting to collaborate with me. And then the next week, we're interviewing celebrities consistently. And it's been crazy ever since. And how does that feel today? It's, uh, it's awesome. But I mean, I'm so grateful for it. But I, I, it, I might sound crazy or whatnot, but I'm always trying to, trying to, uh, excuse me, trying to mind fuck myself into like putting myself in, uh, I, I, I always, I visualize stuff in the worst case scenario all the time. And I'm always trying to like, well, if you don't, if you don't go out and give it your all and you don't do your very best and put out some epic, epic content or whatever it is that you're doing, if you don't go out and dominate, uh, then you're going to lose, you're going to fall off and, and, and everything's going to, so I'm like constantly, even though when I first started, everybody was like, oh, you know, I was like the underdog and like, oh, you, you can't have that. And like, and I went out and proved them all wrong on everything that they said I couldn't do already. I'm still in my mind trying to raise the stakes, so to speak. Yeah. So that way I'm, kind, I'm never trying to rest on my laurels. I'm always trying to keep myself hungry because I know when I'm hungry, then you actually go out and get things done. So how long has Underdog Empowerment been around? And tell me a little bit about what you do with your podcast and your business and, um, you know, coaching or whatever, whatever else you offer. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so Underdog Empowerment, we launched it April 18th of 2018. So a little bit over a year. And, um, and it blew up right away. And that's when my brand started taking off. However, at the time, I still hadn't put my finger on the specific problem that I could solve for a specific person. And so I wasn't making money. Uh, I just started, I just started making money in my business in the beginning of this year. Uh, so that's, that's shoot. Let's see. I got out October 2nd of 2015 all the way to 2019. So about three years and a couple months, three and a half years uh, of literally scraping by trying to figure this thing out uh, where most people would quit and give up. 
uh, it was tough. And there's many times where I was like, man, dude, am I, am I, am I going to make this? Is this going to happen? I'm not going to quit, but am I, is, when is this going to end? There's so many times of those, of those moments. Um, but I finally got clear, you know, it's funny because sometimes when you're, when you're in the bottle, you can't read the label on the outside. And that's exactly what was happening in my business. And I was trying to do all this other stuff. And then finally I got invited to, uh, speak at this event and then I crushed it. And he's like, dude, can you come on the next day? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, can you talk about podcasts? I'm like, yeah. And so I was like, sure. And so I shared everything I knew about podcasts and everybody's eyes were lighting up. And I'm like, holy crap, maybe there's, maybe we're on to something here. And so I created a program where I help, you know, help entrepreneurs launch uh, their top shelf podcast, help them become top rated podcasters, show them how to make at least a thousand dollars a month off their podcast show them how to grow by at least a thousand downloads each and every month and how to interview celebrities. And, uh, it took off. And I also at the same time, because I was spending so much of my time, uh, producing the podcast, which, you know, your podcast, there's a, there's a lot that goes into producing a podcast. There's like, you got to edit it. Then you got to add the Apple tags and you got to upload it to Libsyn or whatever your hosting services is. Or, and then you got to create the show notes and you got to create the graphics and the audio grant, like all this stuff. Right. There's so much that goes into it. And that's the reason why, um, you know, it was holding me back. Like I would see ebbs and flows in my downloads grow for so long because I didn't have enough time to market it. So we created uh, our agency where we actually produce the podcasts of other podcasters. And uh, that was the game changer. Um, all this year now I have uh, been able to help uh, tons of people launch their top shelf podcasts, get them ranked up on iTunes and, uh, ta- and save them the time so they could focus on building their business. And I've been able to provide uh, some security for my family. Like we got reoccurring income coming in from the agency now. And um, so now that's allowing me to dive into more of what I really, really love doing is just showing people how to build passive income businesses from the ground up um, and and do a lot of affiliate marketing and and things of that nature. So tell me a little bit about your relationships today, your relationships with your wife, your relationships with your children how has that changed over the last several years? Um, I don't know if it's really changed that much. I mean, well, it has like, I was really nice to my boys when they were younger. They're like five now. So like, I, I'm not like mean to them, but uh, you know, <laughs> they got to have some discipline in their life. Um, but then I just had my daughter, she's going to be one next month and she's already got me wrapped around her finger. Like it's, it's hilarious. Cause Anytime I'm around with, with me and uh, my wife, Stephanie, she, she just wants daddy and she always cries and like, and I can't not pick her up. It's like, I, like I try, like if I start to walk away, she'll start crying or whatever. And it's like, ah, she's, she's already got me, dude. It's kind of crazy. But uh, no, it's really, really exciting. Really, really uh, grateful though for, for where I'm at now to be able to, you know, start building out the teams and the systems to where it's allowed me to make to, to grow faster, to impact more people, make more money and spend more time with my family. Like I always was like, man, this has got to be crap. Like that's not real. It is, but it's also like, there's no such thing as like, I don't know if you're building a real business, you're trying to do it big. Like there's, you're going to be working. Obviously there's no, like, there's no, I don't, I don't know how people achieve that four hour work week. I don't see myself ever getting anywhere near close to that, but maybe a four hour work day, five days a week. That's cool. But, uh, but yeah. And you launching your own business, your own podcast and being an entrepreneur, it allows you to be present with your kids, which is what, if you go back to your story, what you were missing out on from your childhood. 
Yeah, I get to I get to be there with my boy. Like we just got them in tumbling uh, this year because they're five years old. I wanted to get them in football, but they're still a little bit uh, young. So <laughs> so next year they'll be in uh, football and soccer and all that. And I'm gonna be uh, coaching on the team and be there for every single practice with them. Uh, you know, just being able to to be there and be that uh, male role model that I didn't have growing up and be able, to, you know, not not to just tell them what to do, but show them how to be, you know? Right. To embody it and to, um, to walk that truth so that they, and model that truth so that they can do it themselves and watch you do that. Yeah, no doubt. It's kind of funny you mentioned that. Cause I like, I, if I look off to the right here, uh, I'm in my office and I have my vision board and, uh, it's pretty funny, but I go overboard with it. So like I found, there's a bunch of them like this, but I'm just talking about this one in particular. I found this uh, picture of this coach leaning down to like, you know, some really young kids or like six or seven or eight or something. And he's like leaning down, talking to him and the kids are to the back. And so I photoshopped my head onto the coach's head. And then I wrote Landon and Liam on the back of the two kids jerseys or whatnot. And it's like a visual representation of what's going to happen. Awesome. So awesome. Okay. So you have some awesome guests coming up. I saw, um, is it Tyler Perry that's coming on your podcast or? Uh, uh, Trent Shelton. Okay. I'll edit that out. Sorry. Okay. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so tell me you have some awesome guests, awesome guests coming up. So tell me a little bit about who's coming up on your podcast. Uh, no doubt. Uh, I got so now I have to find like the number one person in the world that I want to interview because it was Robert Green and we just had him come on there, which was so awesome. Um, and it was Andy Frasilla too, but we had him on there too. We got Trent Shelton coming up, Neil Patel uh, coming up, and uh, uh, let me think. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but those are I know that are coming up pretty quick, which is pretty cool though, being able to connect with them. Uh, Neil was pretty cool, man, because. I, I, uh, I know when, when it comes to SEO and like that, like, like the analytical side and the data and all that stuff, that makes me want to puke. It makes me want to throw up. It makes <laughs> me want to bash my head into brick walls. I'm not a uh, analytical thinker. I'm a creative type. So I can like create the vision and the leading of the vision and the idea guy and, and getting people excited about it. But when it comes to like looking at data or trying to run a Facebook ad, I literally want to slap myself in the face. <laughs> I, I get it. I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty cool to interview him and kind of ask, pick his brain about it and just see like some overall sh over bird's eye view strategies or whatnot. So Zachary, how can we get a hold of you? Um, and how can we follow you? Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for asking. Um, my podcast is definitely the best place. It's, I love podcasting. Uh, it's underdog empowerment. It's on pretty much every platform that you listen to podcasts to, but to make it really easy for you, you can go to underdogempowerment.com and I'll write there on the front page. You can scroll down to the podcast section and click uh, whichever platform you want to subscribe to, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, hope to see you guys over there. And uh, Thanks again for asking me, Lisa. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'll make sure I'll link everything um, on how to get a hold of you in the show notes. So thanks again for being on my show. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thanks again for listening. I hope y'all go and download and subscribe to Underdog Empowerment. It's a great content and a great guest. 
And uh, you could rate and review my podcast at Recognize Your Truth on iTunes. I would appreciate it if you share this and uh, subscribe. Have an awesome day. Thanks. Music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. <laughs>